Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Look, I get it. Real life can be really hard. The things sent to test our emotional mettle are unpredictable, unforgiving, and normally really unpleasant. When you finally get some time for escapism, the last thing you want is your 24th century sci-fi adventure of choice bringing you down. But the beauty of the human condition is that fictional catharsis can itself be quite therapeutic. Watching our intrepid adventurers struggle through life as haphazardly as you and me reminds us that this stuff impacts everyone, even Starfleet captains. Actually, especially Starfleet captains. In grief, in sorrow, in sadness, and in flute playing is some incredible drama. So, alright crew, set your faces to glum because my name is Adam Cleary and these are the 10 saddest moments in Star Trek. Number 10, he knows doctor, he knows. Despite being space's greatest shagger, there was a time when Kirk genuinely did love. In classic fashion though, he knew that Edith Keeler here must die for humanity to survive. Long story short, because of some time travel shenanigans, Kirk must stand by and do nothing as she's killed. It's a split second decision, one with the weight of the entire universe behind it, but he finds the strength to stop McCoy from saving her life, even as she screams. The death of Keeler is one that, though necessary, he causes himself through an action. They come back to their present time and Kirk, obviously broken, instructs the ship to get them away and never return to the place where his heart broke for the first time. Don't worry though, 10 episodes later or something and he was back at it with Lieutenant Moreau here. Number 9, Picard informs the crew of Seto's sacrifice. Seto Jax's first appearance as one of Wesley Crusher's cohorts, seen here getting a big telling off, was relatively small and you'd have assumed she was a throwaway character never to be seen again. But she returned for Season 7's Lower Decks, and with her came a heavy backstory. Being Bajoran, she is especially well acquainted with Cardassians, and specifically the backs of their hands, so agreeing to help one of them get home while disguised as his prisoner takes serious bravery. However, as her friends wait for news of her secret mission, Picard's voice echoes through the ship, informing them that she is missing, presumed dead. Killed on a mission they weren't qualified to even be informed of. It's one of the show's greatest moments, and as her friends celebrate her life, we're reminded just how many stories must unfold on this ship that we never get to hear about. Number 8, Soren's Plea for Acceptance. The Jinai are a race born with no gender, and to deviate from this is a major social no-no. So when Soren here meets and falls for Riker, there is a conflict. 
To admit her feelings, Soren must confront the fact that she identifies as a woman in a society that will punish her with re-education for doing so. There follows a beautifully poignant speech where Soren begs for those present to open their eyes and open their hearts to the possibility of differences in their race. She is just Soren, she is no different from who she was the day before and she will go on being herself if they let her. She just wants to go to work and to be free to love whoever she wants and to be accepted in the process. But the Janai, effectively an entire race full of boomers, are not ready for this. Her plea falls on deaf ears and when Riker attempts to rescue her, it's too late. By the time he finds her, she's already undergone the therapy and lost her entire sense of self. She quietly apologises to him and he heads back up to the ship, heartbroken. Number 7, Shadzia dies. Both on screen and off, Terry Farrell's departure from Deep Space Nine was a time of sadness for Star Trek fans and crew alike. She asked for reduced appearances to allow her to pursue other career paths, so the producers decided to just kill her off instead. Yeah, uh, sure, makes sense. Her death at the hands of Dekat, no less, is as casual as it is brutal, and while the symbiote is saved, allowing for the introduction of Ezri Dax in the following season, Bashir is unable to save Jadzia herself. Worf's howl over her body is truly disturbing. There is no honour or glory in this death, it's just a sad, needless piece of collateral. Sisko comments on this himself over her coffin before his emotions overcome him and he decides that all he can do is tuck his tail and return home. Ironically, as awful as this death was, the raw anger and pain that is expressed on screen is plainly clear to see. Whether it was the loss of Dax or the loss of Pharrell herself, the closing minutes of Tears of the Prophet serve as some of the deepest and darkest moments in the entire Dominion War. Number 6. LOL Shuts Down much like the audience watching, Lol's only problem was that her emotions are too much to handle. Eventually wearing her wires down to the point of no recovery, despite Data initially being pleased that his daughter displayed a greater capacity for them than he ever did. In her short life though, she was a point of contention for Picard, Starfleet and Data himself. But while the academic arguments about what constitutes the right to life run riot around them, Data and his daughter simply attempt to exist and learn. With her job in 10 forward, she emulates, she accepts and she feels. There is a cruel mystery to this episode as it sees Data creating that which he could not become himself. While he may not feel love, the pain for him is almost too real as she's forced to shut down and, well, gee god, look at everyone else's face here. My heart. Number 5. O'Brien Decides to Die Star Trek has never been afraid to take on poignant and disturbing subject matter. While O'Brien may have suffered more than most characters in the franchise, few were ready to see the pain that Colmini expertly portrays in this episode. In Hard Time, he has 20 years of imprisonment beamed directly into his brain. We see him, through these fake memories, spending two decades building a relationship with his cellmate Ichar before murdering him in a rage. Unable to live with the, air quotes, memories of what he's done, he repeatedly flies off into a rage with his colleagues before nearly striking his own daughter. Convinced there's no coming back from the pain he feels, he heads to the cargo bay, picks up a phaser and decides to point it at himself. While Star Trek has depicted suicide before, it had never looked as unflinchingly at the hopelessness of a character's despair. Thankfully though, Bashir gets there in time and the rest is history. Number 4. The Final Melody Picard's time as Cayman will forever rank as among the most beautiful episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. Following the captain through his initial confusion and hostility to his surroundings, to his acceptance and then embracing his new life makes for a very moving story. The melody that Picard learns to play on the flute is a warm movement full of hope, but it takes on an entirely new meaning in the episode's closing moments. Picard, clearly traumatised after waking to his original life, years of memories now implanted in his brain, returns to his quarters unable to discuss how he feels. 
Riker hands him the box found in the probe containing the very flute he taught himself to play. As he performs the tune one more time now standing there as Picard, there is a haunting beauty to the scene. He doesn't simply play to himself or is he playing for the audience, he plays in full symphony now with the ghosts of his former home and his former life only in his mind. Number 3, T'Pol and Trip share their grief. Throughout Enterprise's run, two of the most popular characters had always been Trip and T'Pol, despite their very obvious, very vocal polar differences. They often met at loggerheads, unwilling or unable to see the other's point of view, so inevitably, they also end up banging. In what many consider to be the true ending to Enterprise, the pair of them share in the worst trauma imaginable, the loss of their child. It serves as one of the worst events in Enterprise's entire run. These two characters are brokenhearted by the death of their baby, a child unable to live for long due to the genetic engineering it was subjected to. Elizabeth, as she is named for Tripp's sister who was lost in the Zindi attack, passes away and brings the episode and the series to a sad ending. Number 2, I have been and always shall be your friend. Now yes, Star Trek's most heart-wrenching moment might have only come about because of Leonard Nimoy's frustrations with Paramount, but it's nonetheless one of the truest examples of fraternal friendship that cinema has ever offered. It's become not only the defining moment of the original cast's time on the big screen, but the piece of writing that fully cements the relationship between Kirk and Spock, how their differences for all the friction it bought them were actually the pair's greatest strength. In their final moments with the normally impulsive Kirk having saved the day with his intellect and the intellectual Spock now saving the ship in an impulsive act, you see how each man truly impacted the other. And as his hand slips from the glass separating the two, fans in 1982 must have assumed Star Trek could never make something as heartbreaking ever again. And they were nearly right. Number 1, Old Jake dies so that young Jake can be reunited with his father. There is no greater example of love and loss than in the final moments between Jake and Ben Sisko in The Visitor. Ben, lost in subspace thanks to a random accident on board the Defiant, vanishes from his son's life. Jake, unable to process this loss, struggles to go on until he is visited by his father one night. Captain Sisko is trapped and he will periodically reappear to Jake, never aging as a ghost in his son's days. Avery Brooks credits the relationship that he developed with Lofton as one of the things he is most proud of in his entire career, and he has spoken at length about the need to show a present father, particularly one of colour, in the life of a young man as so often they are depicted as absent. Ben here is absent by circumstances, yes, but never in thought. Their final meeting for Ben taking place mere hours after the accident, but for Jake decades later, comes with the greatest loss a parent can bear. Jake not only dies in his arms, but takes his own life, severing the connection that leaves Ben trapped. Love, in the most basic yet powerful sense, permeates every single note of this scene. The most honest, the most loving, the most heartbreaking moment in all of Star Trek. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.